the quest for gold were just a week away from the opening ceremonies of the Winter Olympics in Beijing. Team USA has named all 224 athletes, the second most in Winter Olympics history for Team USA. The largest American winter roster was 228 back in 2018. 108 women, 115 men, and one non-binary athlete this year for Team USA. 56 athletes are making their Olympic debuts. The oldest competitor, 40-year-old snowboarder Nick Baumgartner, the youngest 16-year-old figure skater Alyssa Liu. 18 of the U.S. athletes have previously won medals. Competing in their fifth Olympics, Sean White, Lindsay Jacobellis in snowboarding, Katie Ulander in skeleton, and John Schuster in curling. Congrats Anna Hoffman and Decker Dean, both 21-year-old American ski jumpers. Late adds to the Beijing Games after nations returned a quote a spot and some alternate nations declined the spots. Anna is the only American female competing in ski jumping during these games. The American athletes have been processed, COVID tested multiple times, and have made the 17-hour plane ride on a charter flight to Beijing. Now they'll be COVID tested every day and will only be allowed into certain areas of the games separate from the media and the general public. This week, we talk with one of those 56 athletes making his Olympics debut. 21-year-old long track speed skater Ethan Seprin of Glen Ellen, Illinois, grew up watching Shawnee Davis. Now he's getting advice from the four-time medalist with visions of following in Shawnee's success. Why don't you kind of walk me through uh, the qualifying race and how close things actually were? Uh, um, well, the, I mean, going into it, I knew I just had to be confident. Like I've been skating good laps all week. Uh, I mean, biggest thing for me is just going to line confident and being like, all right, I'm going to make it happen. And I mean, a lot of the race, I was patient. Like there, there was one point I slowed down just a little bit to avoid a little bit of a crossover and talking to people after the race, they're all just like, oh, like we thought the race is over at that point. Like you dropped three tenths in the lap. I was like, no, like that was me being like, all right, I know like everything was purposeful through the race like i wasn't trying to go too hard too early and just being like all right we're good we're good just keep rolling in lap time after lap time like 12 laps there's a lot of time to really think you know this like there's a lot of time to think like the race is over almost you're just like oh man like this hurts a lot of laps left but that entire time i was like no it no we're good like keep building keep i mean just digging deeper and just being like oh this isn't too bad and just keep it rolling towards the end and i mean the last four laps i don't know i was debating whether like when's the right time to go is it like six laps to start bringing it down is it four or five like couldn't leave it too late couldn't make it too early and then end up losing a second per lap for the last two laps so yeah, I mean, four to go. I was like, all right, now's the time. I mean, just drop, started dropping down lap times a little bit versus like what the rest of the race was at. I was at like high 29s. And it was like 9 3, 9 4, 9 5, 9 6. So, I mean, the last four, I was just trying, I like, I could see Casey. I was just like, just keep, keep gaining on him. And it was about like 600 to go. You could kind of see like me starting to smile a little bit because. I don't know. I mean, I was still half a second back, but I knew I was like, I, I've got a chance. And, and I mean, I was just happy to still be in the race at that point. Cause I mean, the 5k is a hard distance. I mean, the race can be over two laps in if you let yourself be done. And I mean, I knew I was still moving quick and I was just, 
had to keep it going. And I mean, last year, last straightaway, I was just like, oh man, like just make it to the line, like make it on your two feet. I mean, if you don't, you tried. Like, no, no, no doubt about that in my mind. It does sound like, at least during the race, you were thinking. I, I've talked to a lot of athletes who say, you know, they just kind of go on autopilot. And, and I'm sure for, for some of the race, you're probably just trusting your body and, and trusting yeah. you know, the, 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 the things and the repetitions you've done before. But it sounds like there was some strategy involved and you were thinking uh, during this race of the things you needed to do to complete it and, and finish where you did. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. There's a ton of strategy in the 5K. I mean, there's plenty of people that just go out praying that they can hold on and just hold on the last three laps and just hope they don't die too hard. My, I mean, me and my coach, I mean, actually, like Casey, Emery, and I, we all train under the same coach. And, but me and him were just like, all right, like this whole entire year, we're just trying to have flat races, you know, bring it down towards the end and not have like the last few laps die off. And, you know, I mean, stay strong the entire way, like technically. And just, I mean, I mean, it shows in the lap times there. I mean, I never, there was never a slow lap time that I didn't do on purpose. Like, you know, start off first lap was slow, then bring it down, get into the groove. And you do kind of go on autopilot a little bit where you're just kind of like overthinking can definitely be a bit of a downfall. Cause you're just like, all right, how many strokes am I doing? Is it this? Like, Oh, I didn't do as many there. It's just, no, I just try to go off the feeling. If it's like, all right, I know, like, I know this is the same exact feeling, like how I'm carving with the ice, you know, how I felt coming out of that turn. Like if it feels right, then it probably is. And I mean, the entire time I was just like, all right, I know, like, I know I can push this hard the entire way and then hopefully bring it down at the end. I mean, some races you never know you can feel great and then all of a sudden you don't have the gas at the end and i mean i said keep putting faith and trust in myself that i'm going to be able to do this and i mean at, in the end it worked out well like, i couldn't have asked for a better race there did you did you visualize that race did you go through and mentally prepare yourself before that race you'd you skated at, at Pettit before i'm sure but oh, i mean it, yeah. Can, can, I mean, can you, did you do that before a race? Do you mentally picture yourself from your frame of reference or maybe even from someone else's frame of reference? Absolutely. I mean, one of my big things before a race is just lay down, cover my eyes or try and get to a dark place. I mean, not like dark place mentally, but uh, like a, like physically dark place, like, and just, I mean, do a bit of breath work and just picture the race for, I don't know, I mean, the millionth time. I, mean, I can't tell you how many times I've pictured racing at the Pettit Olympic trials the past four years, or even just like since I was a kid, being like, oh, like this is it. But I mean, now that I'm at the level that I'm at, I've definitely been able to visualize it a bit more specifically. And I think that's just a big advantage because, you know, I mean, if things, once things start rolling with like how like you kind of visualize them, it, it gets really exciting. So you're like, all right, this is it. Like, like we're in this, like, this isn't, this isn't a dream. Like this is reality. And you know, like it's, it's your time to go. Have you begun that process with Beijing already? I don't know if you've ever competed in Beijing, but are you already kind of mentally preparing to be in that space? Oh yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, 
I haven't been in that oval because it's a new oval for the Olympics. I have competed in China once before in Changchun. Surroundings aren't super important there. I mean, you know, if you, like before race, after race, you look around, you're like, oh, that's cool. But I mean, the biggest thing is just you get you in the track because I mean, that's just, it's consistent from where to go. So yeah, I mean, already just practice the past few days. It's like, all right, what? Like when it comes down to crunch time there, like, what am I going to be thinking? Like, we're going to be stressed. Like, is it going to be loud, quiet? Like, I mean, it's just lots of factors to consider and just visualizing all the different scenarios and finding a path to success in all of them is big. Were there fans at the trials or no? Oh, there were not. There were not. So you've done this probably throughout the pandemic, skated without fans. Is it, is it weird? Does it help you focus more? It is a little weird just with how like, quiet it can be. Uh, we were no, lucky enough. At no practice. cowbells going off or, you know, yeah. zellas or horns or anything like yeah. that. <laughs> yeah, it can be a little weird. I mean, for World Cups and such, like, I usually, I've been in the like, B group for the 5K. I mean, a lot of us are. So it's not like there's tons of fans there. And I mean, World Championships in Heronvain last year, I qualified and it was like going up to the line, it was just dead silent like nothing was going on in the building you know it it felt like the only thing going on was me and my pair racing and it definitely is a big adjustment because i mean people think you know everybody listens to music while they work out and you know sometimes you don't realize how much you rely on stuff like that to be like to get you keep to keep you going and such you're just like oh i don't know if you can do this and then all of a sudden you have a pump up song come on and you're just like oh no i can you know, I mean, a 5K, that's six minutes and 20 seconds of you possibly just alone out there. You don't have any control of the music. You don't know who's, like, what song's going to be playing, who's going to be watching. And, yeah, I mean, with Olympic trials, we were lucky enough. I mean, a lot of the volunteers, like, I've known for years. So volunteers are still able to get in for, like, timing and such. So, I mean, honestly, I didn't really notice that there wasn't anybody in the building for a 5k because well, I was just focused on the race, but everybody was just so loud during it anyways, that it was still just awesome. And th- there was a family tie, uh, for your race as well. Was, was yeah, that your brother? I, yeah. My, uh, middle brother Gordon was announcing. So that was awesome. Did you, do you put, shut him out or did you, did you uh, aware? I could hear a little bit like the early parts of the race, like the first six laps. I'm just trying to like, relax, you know, like hit my cues, just be like, all right, this is good. Like, you know, just building like a little bit of momentum at a time. And then the last six, like, as like the next two, like, yeah, the last four, as everybody kind of saw, I was like coming back. Like, I could hear like the anticipation in his voice. Like, he was almost just like yelling through the mic. And I was just like, yeah. I mean, I was just like, yeah, time to give everybody a show. Like, it got me, like, just hyped up. I was like, all right, like, yeah, we're in this. Like, every, I'm not the only one that believes I can do this, like, and pull it back. Like, everybody in the building does, too. Where, did you have that expectation you were going to make this team? Was this a bit of a surprise to uh, the team, I mean, I was, to your family, to you? I mean, what were the expectations before the race and, and obviously now? I was expecting to make it for sure. I mean, it's nothing's ever for certain. Or, yeah, nothing's ever certain, but, I mean, you never, yeah, going up to line, you never know what you're going to do that day. You never know what your competitors are going to do that day. But Emery 
the pair before Casey and I, I mean, he was at a big disadvantage, didn't really have a pair to race. Casey and I could race each other that entire time and it wouldn't feel as like lonesome, I guess. And I mean, he laid down a time half a second off the track record. And I remember thinking like, oh, wow, like that, that is the race of the day right there. Like that was just insane. I was just like, all right, I mean, I know I got to beat at least one of them to make it to the Olympics. So, I mean, I knew as long as I could finish ahead of Casey or, I mean, that would be, if I was close to Casey, I'd be close to Emery. So. Talk to me about this team. Start start with the men's side, but I think we're the strongest team we've possibly ever had. And I mean, I don't know how many years, but. And I mean, we're just, especially like a TP team. I mean, we're just a unit right now. Like we, train together every day. I mean, we just, we look out for each other and I mean, I'm just excited to be able to race with these guys. I mean, at the end of the day, like I mean, we were competitors at Olympic trials and such, but throughout it, I mean, we we're still friends, teammates and everything like no bad blood at all. You know, like we're all here cause we all have the same dream and you know, I mean, we're all just trying to get it together. I think I read that uh, one of your earliest memories was Shawnee Davis winning gold in Vancouver. You were physically there. You were at that event. Uh, no. Uh, oh, okay. So uh, I've been watching back from home, but I mean, I've known Shawnee since I was a baby and I mean, Torino and 2010, I mean, I'm always just been his biggest fan. I mean, it's just awesome to know. I mean, he's still around, like just great relationship with him. And it's just awesome to see him giving back to the community and still like, being like, oh, hey, like, how you doing? And just, you know, I mean, looking out for people. Is he a guy that that will will stop by or give advice? I mean, that that's an incredible resource, oh. obviously, for Team USA. Is is he someone who's still very much ingrained into the community? Oh uh, yeah. So he's currently coaching a team out here in Salt Lake, and I mean, he'll, I mean, if he sees something, he'll just be like, oh, hey, like, you know, I see, like, you know, it just looks like me. He might just be like, oh, you might just be trying too hard, like relax, like breathe, just like take a breath in, like release your shoulders, like going to be all good. Just like he might have no idea what we're doing, but he's just, I mean, just happy guy around the oval, not afraid to help out if he thinks people need help. That's, that's fantastic. What, uh, what are you hearing about China? We've heard no fans, uh, well, invited fans is what it's, it mm-hmm. sounds like. So you won't be able to bring any family or friends along. Um, it sounds yeah. as though you're going to be joining something called the, the loop, the closed loop, um, which will prevent you from mingling with people outside of the loop who either haven't been vaccinated or haven't tested mm-hmm. for COVID. I mean, well, what are you hearing about the process and what have they communicated to you? Um, I haven't heard a whole ton exactly like fans. I just haven't been expecting any fans to be there just with how everything has been going down, especially Omicron. I mean, I can tell you every member of our team has just been like trying to stay, I mean, stay away from each other or just not be around each other unnecessarily or just be around people that could possibly be an exposure is there a possibility that they may ask or may allow some of the Americans to take part in opening ceremonies? Does that conversation come up at all? Uh, I have no idea, actually. They, yeah, I've no, I'm not sure what the plan is for opening ceremonies yet. I'm not sure if I'll, yeah, I would like to walk them, of course, because it's part of the whole Olympic experience. Like, how cool would that be? But, you know, with just events like 5Ks Day 2, 
team pursuits beginning of the second week or such. So I mean, we're just, yes, got to consider things. I mean, it's possible COVID risks, like I mean, people could test negative going in maybe, and somehow randomly just get it in the village. Like, you know, some precaution, like no, no precaution. It might be too much at this point. It kind of stinks because Emery has obviously been through this process before. He's experienced the the full Olympic experience with the <laughs> Olympic Village and all the ceremonies and things like that. This is going to be a different game for for you this year because, I mean, your first Olympics experience is going to be lockdowns and quarantines yeah. and a closed loop. Yeah, I mean, it's a little sad, but at the same time, you know, I'm still looking forward to it. I mean, it's the Olympics. Like, I have no doubt that they'll try to make it as enjoyable for the athletes as possible. And I mean, I can't complain because me. It's the dream I've had since I was a kid. And I mean, still really I mean, great team that I'm going to get to be able to experience it with, you know, I mean, as long as we're together, I mean, we have a fun time, you know, we enjoy what we do. It's nothing different than we haven't been doing for the past two years. And I mean, the past two years have been some of my favorite years of skating. So have they told you anything about, things that you can't do in China at all that they say no cell phones. Cause I'm starting to see stories about, you know, they're, they're warning some, some people in the West that there may be some security risks. Yeah. They were not really sure. Like, I mean, you can get a few like contacts just like, Oh, like how to protect your laptop, this and that. And I mean, I'm not like usually most semesters I'm taking classes but this semester I decided not to. So I'm not as concerned with being able to like really connect to the internet, bring a laptop and such other than for entertainment. If we end up just having to be locked in our rooms and whatnot, but I mean, phones, most I mean burner phones or just, I mean, I'll still have mine with me. Maybe just use it only for photos and such. Are you going to be posting much on social media or, or hope to? Are, are you very uh, savvy with TikTok or Instagram or Twitter? Uh, I mean, I'm not super crazy on any social media. I mean, I you know, love to post as much on Instagram, Twitter while I'm there. I'm not, I, mean, I, I scroll through TikTok plenty of hours of the day just out of boredom or just trying to find, find something to do. But a few of my teammates post, but I'm also, I'm not entirely sure what's, I mean, I know China's got a bit more security and just like, I don't know what apps are 100% legal or allowed there that, I mean, there's VPNs you can always use to connect and such. So, I mean, we'll try, we'll see, see what happens with that. I mean, it would be sad not to be able to post when people are most interested in what's going on in your life, you know, but yeah, yeah. I mean, it's. You can always post stuff afterwards or going into it. I mean, through LA for sure. I mean, just getting everything that we are. I hope to just be able to share it with anybody that's interested. What's your What are your social media handles if people want to follow you? Uh, I believe my Instagram is Ethan Step Eleven, and then Twitter I believe is just E Stepren. I assume your family's pretty pumped. Uh, is there Is there going to be a watch party back in uh, back in the states? Oh, yeah. I think my parents are planning something. They're trying to figure out how uh, just like when things are going to be aired, if they're going to be aired live or afterwards. It was a little hard to watch the summer games in Tokyo because it not everything seemed to be live like when it was happening. But some some things were and some things weren't. But just try like they're trying their best to figure it out. 
and just hopefully they'll be able to watch it live. Thank you, Ethan. Of course, we're following his journey in Beijing. We've got just one episode left of Quest for Gold before the opening ceremonies. I'm Ryan Burrow. We'll see you then.